The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Extra Point. Take a chill, Kapadia. Here, joined by Ben Solak. Week 18. I can't believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. Week 18, 16 games, 11 teams that don't know their playoff fate. In a few days, they'll either be, uh, you know, some island somewhere doing whatever they do in the offseason, or they will be preparing for a playoff game. They're, they're buying for five open spots here. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to get to our picks. We're going to get to our props. We're going to get to our predictions. Benny Souls, how are you? Are you ready one last time? You know, you've been writing this new column all season long where you're trying to keep an eye on everything you see. Just one more week of doing that. And then you just focus on some playoff games. Oh, and, and the last hot read is going to have all pros and it's going to have a war. But I can pre-write two thirds of this thing, bro. Beautiful. We are chilling this weekend. It's going to be nice. But how about it? 20 teams, Shiel, still with playoff contention, viability, could make it, could change their seeding. It's the most of any non-strike shortened season, uh, uh, I think, ever. I think it ties 2006, which part of the reason why they added the extra week, right? It's because you kind of get you get a little bit more math in here. You get a little bit more opportunity in here. But altogether, uh, a fun photo finish, right? The, the, the list of teams benching starters is like five, six teams long. It's a rare thing to have. And so... A lot of meaningful week 18 football. You know me. I, I like to give kudos to the schedulers. You don't like it when I do this, but I like it. I'm proud of them. This is a good setup. I was going to say, you've held off on that a little bit this year, probably because I yelled at you so much last year for giving the Here's the thing. Uh, I just credit. feel like one one year I want to make the NFL schedule. It seems so interesting and so fun to me. So I just admire it from afar. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the schedule. There you go. Maybe next year, Roger. We know you listen. You know, let, let's select in the room. Figure Raj. some things out for you. All right. Let's get to it. Headliners. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of games with playoff implications, some obviously more important than others. What do you have for your headliner week 18? Yeah, headline game for me is, is Texans Colts. This is a game Ooh, to me where good, the, it, different than yeah, mine. Uh, right. And obviously, I mean, the, like uh, uh, Bill's Dolphins is an enormous game and there's a ton to talk about there. I'm really interested in Texans Colts because these are two of the most surprising teams this year, and both of them have gone up against pretty substantial adversity. Colts, obviously, I mean, like 
the 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 first thing I wrote about this NFL season was Anthony Richardson, man. Like for me, coming out of week one, the storyline was holy smokes, Anthony Richardson. Like this is good enough to win. It's good enough to win now. Like, okay, he's a raw player, we all thought, but this is clearly good enough running ability, throwing down the field. Like he had it. He was checking the ball down. He was working underneath, like the stuff we were afraid about of Florida. And then he goes down and you're looking at this Colts roster with just like, massive turnover at linebacker and at cornerback and unknown edge rushers and an offensive line that dramatically underperformed last year and a Frank Reich firing into Jeff Saturday and then Jonathan Taylor and the owner are tweeting at each other and now Gardner Minshew is starting like it just every single part of this roster there was a problem and here Shane Steichen is at nine and seven having just by by his bootstraps yanked this team up into contention an unbelievable offensive coaching job and then defensively Gus Bradley which is great work by first-year coach Shane Steichen, uh, uh, the, the emergence of Zach Moss, the, the improved player Bernard Raymond, the play of the offensive line, EJ Speed, Zaire Franklin, the Juju Brents, just so many people contributing to this team out of nowhere. The Colts are very impressive. And then the Texans. We're like, uh, the Anthony Richardson thing was like, oh, cool, he can play. Like, he's, he, he can make it. He seems like a project. It seems like he's a real guy. The CJ Stroud thing was like, Shoot, is he top 10? What the heck? Where did this come from? Unbel- a, a rookie season in terms of polish and, and poise and, 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 and immediately delivering like you'd never seen. D'Amico Ryans, who like, uh, uh, Steichen was like, wow, 2022, amazing. I've loved D'Amico for years. I've been waiting to see D'Amico head coach team. And it looked exactly like I thought I would. They're fired up and they're young and they're aggressive and they're hitting and they're tackling. And you, you just have this young secondary and a linebacking core that's rotating and, and, and all these like, you know, island of lost toys, edge rushers that just, all of a sudden amalgam into a real defense. Derek Barnett's having career football, dude. Derek Barnett, the Eagles couldn't get this guy to work. D'Amico's got him working. It's just, it. both these teams have been something to see. And now here we are. The winner of this game is going to the playoffs. There's a chance they're winning the AFC South. The loser of this game is out. Saturday night, prime time. Does not matter what happened the first 17 weeks of the season. Week 18, put up or shut up in the division. Like this is, this is what it's for, man. Like that, it, uh, January, late January, early February, that's for like the, the contenders and the real teams and the whole season. This week is for like the teams that they just want to have a building block. They want to have something to grow off of. And the springboard that's offered you, if you make the playoffs as a, as a first year head coach, you can prove to league free agents that, hey, we are legit over here. It is very substantial. So the stakes in Texans Colts are enormous. Is the team that wins this one in the Super Bowl? Probably not. But it is very meaningful to both of these teams. The matchup is interesting on both sides of the ball. The narratives are interesting. Can't wait to watch. Yeah, you you framed it well based on where these teams were in the offseason, where they were in week one. I mean, typically teams that have rookie starting quarterbacks stink that first season. Now, the Colts, obviously, like you said, Richardson gets injured. Minshew gets in there. But the Colts were a laughingstock. I mean, so like, how many pods did we do in the offseason? We're just making fun of Jim Irsay and like, what is going on with Several. this franchise? Like we spent many segments uh, doing that. And listen, I stand by all of those takes, but to, to come in this season and uh, I had the under on the Colts coming into this year. I thought they were going to stink even if they had Richardson because I was like, the guys played 13 college games. There's not a lot of talent around him. This is not going to be a quick turnaround. You just want to see flashes from him, but their record is probably going to be horrible. And it hasn't been. They had an easy schedule, but they won those games. And now here they are positioned to potentially make the playoffs. And then, yeah, the Texans to me are different. The Texans are just like, I'm trying to think of teams that if I were a fan of them between week one and now, 
I would be like, you know, my, my, my scale would have gone from, I don't know, to like, oh my gosh, the, my neck, yeah. the next eight years of my life are going to be amazing. And the Texans have to be right up there, right? That, that Texans draft, man, when they went Stroud two and then traded up for Will Anderson three, I was like, you are Solomon splitting the kid. You couldn't choose who to pick it two. Oh, yeah, so I just ripped pick them. it twice. Like, what? Like, they, you got, and I thought they got good players. I'm like, well, Anderson, I see your trap, but I was like, this is a mess, man. Like, the front office doesn't agree. The coaching staff doesn't agree. I was, I was very big on them not having Stroud as their top quarterback. I thought ownership was getting involved with that pick. I, I don't, I'm not even convinced that that's not what happened. It might be what happened. They just fell bass backwards yeah. into it. But that moment felt like, all right, this Texans year one is just going to be like, Nick is on his way out. D'Amico's on his way in. We'll, you know, see if Tank Dell's good and that'll be it. No, sir. I mean, they have hit on everything. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good reminder as we go into week 18 that we'll be ripping some of these teams for the way this played out. But sometimes, you know what? You just get lucky. Like like Texans getting two was probably the best thing that could have happened to them where they land CJ Stroud there if they weren't going to take him uh, at number one. So uh, I love that Stroud got healthy. I love that we get to see him uh, in this game. I'm excited about this game. Uh, no doubt about it. Colts are one and a half point underdogs at home. So winner gets in, loser goes home. Now, if the Jaguars win, then the winner here is a wild card team. Uh, if the Jaguars lose, then the winner here is the AFC South champ and could host or would host a playoff game mm-hmm. in week one. So I got some stuff potentially tied to this game that we'll get to uh, a little bit later. I so do we'll, as well. Okay. So we'll circle back to it. And then the other big headliner, obviously you mentioned it. I'll go with the obvious pick. Bills at Dolphins. This Bills team, I went on my rant, what was it, three, four weeks ago, where I said, listen, sometimes the teams that have these long droughts, it's got to happen for them in a weird way. And I went on this long speech about the Buffalo Bills. Well, since then, they haven't exactly been like peaking or just going upward. (laughs) I was hoping they were just going to keep going up and be hot when we got, I mean, they barely get by the Patriots last week, barely get by the Chargers the week before. And now you have this fascinating situation where with a win here, the Bills are AFC East champs and they're going to be the two seed. However, there is a scenario where this is their last game of the season. If they lose here and the Steelers and the Jaguars win, and not only are the Bills not uh, AFC East champs, they are not a wildcard team. They are out of the playoffs entirely. And to me, there's something so fitting about that for this Bill season, where one week we're saying, what the heck is wrong right. with this team? And the next week I'm saying, they're gonna, they can win the Super Bowl. Don't count them out. And that's how it still is all the way here in week 18. So uh, their defense, they, they fixed a lot of stuff on that side of the ball after that kind of midseason drought. Offense is kind of just, you know, statistically very good, but do you really uh, trust it? They have this weird, have you been following this Stefan Diggs thing? Solak, like his playing just, time? Just the him not producing thing and him not well, playing? Well, yeah. he's off the field a bunch. I mean, he's played, this is uh, He played 66% of the snaps yeah. last week? It's yeah. three, it's been three weeks in a row. The Athletic wrote about this. Uh, three weeks in a row where he's played under 60% of the snaps. Now, one of those was a blowout uh, against Dallas, but the other two were competitive games. And I remember back to that Eagles game where Tony, I think it was Romo calling that game where he's like, third down, Diggs is not on the field. And there's no, I mean, who knows what it is. It could be injury related. It could not be injury related. There's no clarity about what's happening there. I mean, this is by far their number one uh, pass catching option. And he's off the field two thirds of the time in these key games. So that's on my radar a little bit. So uh, I don't know where it's going to go. 
with this Bills team. And then the Dolphins, we talked about on Monday's show, you lose Bradley Chubb. You already lost Jalen Phillips. Uh, we're recording this Thursday night. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle were both out of practice on Thursday. I think Hill's probably more likely to play uh, than Waddle, but that's still notable nonetheless. Against playoff teams this year, Ben, the Miami Dolphins are one in four with a minus 84 point differential. They've played the fewest games against playoff opponents this season. And when they've been tested, for the most part, they haven't been good. So, Every time when they have one of these big games, I feel like I've often leaned to, well, I still believe in them. I think they're going to come through here, and I keep getting burned by that uh, time in and time out. So Bills are three-point favorites in this game. Uh, Dolphins are already in. A win means they get the two seed. A loss means they get the six seed and a trip to Kansas City, which would be a uh, a pretty fun game. What are you you looking for in this game? Bills beat them earlier this season, 48 to 20. No, I do think that uh, the... The fact that the Bills offense did not improve under Joe Brady is a storyline that has just gone dramatically understated, right? Like we spent a lot of time with the Ken Dorsey Bills saying, listen, they're turning the ball over a lot, but like the numbers are good. The offense is good. Like this is working well. And I was like, no, 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 it's a problem. Offense is bad. So Ken Dorsey, 10 games on the season. Josh Allen had a 52% success rate, 0.139 EPA per drop back, 6.67 on Justin net yards per attempt. All three of those numbers are down in six games with, with Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. Right. If you look at the overall offensive success, uh, EPA per play is down. EPA per drive is down. Uh, pass success is down. Rush success is down. Yards per play is down. Points per drive is down. There's only one thing that's down, and it's good news, and that's turnovers per drive. They went from 17% under Ken Dorsey to 9% under jo- Joe Brady. It was turnovers. It was turnovers. We knew it was turnovers when Ken Dorsey was still the OC, and it's still turnovers now. But from a snap to snap perspective, this offense is not as good as it was with Ken Dorsey. Jo- Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is not the sort of player you should have trouble utilizing. He's right. like an elite one-on-one winner. Like he's not a hard, how do we get Stephon Diggs activated? You just line them up somewhere where they can only play man. Put the other four guys on the other side of the formation. Like this should not be a challenging thing. And so the Bills offensively don't scare me as much as they did last time they played the Dolphins. Now they're, they're desperate, which then kind of heightens them back up, right? You're an expected very impassioned performance. The, uh, the, the, on the Dolphin side of the ball, the thing that interests me is that Tyreek Hill and that, that Bills game, three catches for 58 yards. Uh, buddy, there's not going to be any Jalen Waddle in this game. Tyreek is, is, is first-team all-pro receiver with a bullet. He is potentially the offensive player of the year for Christian McCaffrey. Like, he has been discussed as this unbelievable top-tier wide receiver, and I believe every word of that, I, especially when I say it, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it with my chest. But one of the things about Tyreek is that the, the way the Dolphins use him if you scheme him out of things, the Dolphins will oftentimes shrug and be like, shoot, time to throw it to Durham Smythe. Time to throw it to Cedric Wilson. They, they, they can accept that way too easily, I think, schematically. And in this game with no Waddle, you can't. If the Bills decide to take away Tyreek Hill, you have to decide to find a way to make Tyreek Hill activate. Because if, you're gonna, if, you, if you lose this game because you over-targeted Braxton Berrios, you played yourself, right? You should, that, that, that is unacceptable in this sort of environment. Star players make star plays on star days. This, this is one of those. And so Tyreek can't have that quiet of a game, especially with no Waddle. And the Bills are going to do everything they can to take him away. So you have to find a way to make Tyreek the centerpiece of this offense. Yeah, I think I saw, I think it was Aaron Schatz who tweeted out that uh, the Bills, in terms of defending the middle of the field, are like top five in the NFL uh, in DVOA. Yeah. So, you know, with this Dolphins offense, where you know where some of their, those kind of core foundation plays, where they're going and who was throwing to the spot, like regardless of what else is happening and the ball's coming out in 2.1, 2.2 seconds. And hey, it's worked a lot this season 
but there have been those instances where, um, you know, it looks a little up and down. So we'll see if the Dolphins can, I don't know if it's, I, it would be a signature win. I mean, if you beat the Bills at home here uh, to get the 2C, I mean, that's a big deal. We're now all of a sudden to get to the Super Bowl, all you have to do is win one game potentially uh, on the road. So yeah, that that absolutely would be a signature win. And man, this Bills thing, I wish I could tell you I was confident which way it was going to go. Nothing would surprise. If we're talking on Monday about the Bills are out of the playoffs, like I'm sorry, that's just not going to surprise me. If we're saying, holy cow, that it's, performance, they can yeah. win this thing. That would not surprise me. It's just so fitting. It's really quite the, going back to the scheduling thing, it's really quite the 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 dice roll here because they have this Bills game be the last game. So there's a chance, like if, if the Bills know that the Jags lose, then the Bills know for a fact going into this game, they're making the playoffs, right? Obviously, you still want yeah, to win point. the division. There's still high stakes. I acknowledge that. But uh, I'll be very sad if we get this game and the Bills know for sure they're making the playoffs. I would have loved for the Bills to have to play this game Saturday at 8 o'clock blind. Right, you don't. A loss might mean you you yeah. you can't make the playoffs. I want I want that reek of desperation. They took it from us. The Bills are going to know, and that does disappoint me. It's so true. Yeah, that would have been better. Why'd they do this? I don't know why they did that. See, uh, this is why I think about Shields. What I spend my time on. On the other hand, man, can you imagine if the Steelers and Jaguars win, and then yeah, and then the That's Bills why it's a dice roll. If yeah. they lose, you're out of here. Oh my gosh, that would be fun. So we'll see what happens there. All right, those are the two. Headliners, take a quick break. We'll get back to what we're talking about on Monday morning. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Talking about these later in the show, but I like the Texans spread minus one and a half, the Patriots spread minus one and a half, and the Raiders minus two and a half. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash ringer nfl and make your first bet a layup vandal official partner of the nfl must be 21 plus and present in select states five dollar pregame moneyline wager required first online real money wager only ten dollar first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt see terms at sportsbook.fandle.com this episode is brought to you by state farm there's no better feeling than a personal win and the state farm personal price plan can help you do just that Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we're back on extra point taken. Uh, you could take this in like 400 million directions, given that it's not only is it week 18, but it is the, you know, it's the Monday is going to be the day where coaches are going to start getting fired. GMs are potentially going to start getting fired. And there's going to be so much talk uh, about all these non-playoff teams. So what are you going with? Monday morning storyline. What's everyone talking about? Uh, Bears head coach Matt Eberflus saves job by knocking Packers out of playoffs. Mm. I am 
so stoked for Bears Packers. I don't think I'm going to actually end up picking this game later. I, I think like I think this is like, maybe the most even game of, of, of the entire slate. I think that it's going to be a very highly charged game. Uh, uh, the Packers are not accustomed to lose it. All right. The Matt LaFleur, this, this, this unit, this group, not accustomed to not making the playoffs. It, they know they're young. They know they're not making a run this year. But trust me, it is, it is very meaningful to that room, that building, if they make it back to the playoffs. That matters. All right. And for Joe Barry, especially, I think it really matters. Right. So Packers are, are they're, they're pushing. But for the Bears now, this might be your last game with Justin Fields, a quarterback. Matt Aberflus might be your last game coaching the team. And you didn't make the playoffs this year. And there's a lot of reasons, you know, lost games early and games that you could have won, right? Uh, the, the Bears have lost, uh, the Bears and the Ravens have both lost three games this year in which they had a win percentage of at least 75% in the fourth quarter. The, both of them, they lead the league, right? The Bears had plenty of opportunities to win some games. They gave away some dumb games. Shot yourself in the foot. We all had a Fields injury in Beijing and whatever. Like, you, a lot went down that you're not in the playoff race right now. But you can look yourself square in the mirror if you're on the Bears right now and say, we're playing playoff fo- caliber football. So they are. They're, they're, they are. Like you said they're seventh in weight in DVOA over the recent stretch. They're playing great ball. So no, you don't get the fight for the playoffs. But you know what you do get to do, which is like the playoffs, only a little bit worse, but in some ways a little bit better. You get to knock a division rival out in their home stadium, Shield. And this is the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. I own the Bears. Lambeau with this discount double check belt nonsense, okay? These two teams... Do not like each other, which all division rivals don't. But this is serious. This is a big deal. And with so much on the line for Chicago, I think they're going to come out. And I think that, that there's been a lot of hype about these Packers. Ooh, Jordan Love. Ooh, look at this. this passing stats. Wow, wow, wow. I think they're going to come out and play a nasty, tough game of football. Defensively, I think they're going to look real good against the way that, that Green Bay plays. Green Bay likes to throw the flats. Green Bay likes yards after the catch. This Bears team likes to tackle. They like to run up and hit. I think it's going to be a thunderous game. Uh, and in particular, I think that you're going to... Bears three-point dogs. I think the Bears are going to win it. And I think doing so is, is the cherry on top of a really strong audition for Matt Eberflus to say, hey, I can hold on to this job and I, I can build a winner here in Chicago. I'm not sure it'll work. First overall pick, defensive coach, I don't know, maybe get a different developer in. Uh, Bears have a lot of questions to answer over the offseason. But this here maybe being the last game of Fields, last game of Eberflus, I think they're going to want to go out with a bang. I think they beat the Packers. Now, do you think, so do you think Eberflus needs it? <clears throat> Like, like if they lose this game by, say, a touchdown, 10 points, like I, like I think Eberflus is going to be back. I mean, I, I think he's done enough over the course of the season. And I'm with you. I don't, I'm not sold that, well, this is the guy to lead the Bears for the next five years. Nothing like that. But when you hire a coach, then in his second year, he shows you a turnaround like this. Like you mentioned, they've been a top seven team in the NFL, really, for the second. They're five and two in their last seven games. And their yep. two losses have been a total of eight points to the Browns and the Lions, two legit good teams. And so I think Eberflus uh, has absolutely earned the right to be back with this football team. So I, I actually like I I don't think this game is going to have an impact, but I, I could be wrong. NFL teams do weird things. You you right, think it firstly, does? Firstly, right in the headline. Which if I'm right in the headline, gotcha. on the Bears okay. win. Yeah. I'm, I'm right in the Eberflus headline. <laughs> the other thing I would say is this: I don't disagree with your read. What I will say is that Kevin Warren who is the previous Big Ten commissioner, is now the CEO and president of the Bears. He inherited Eberflus. He did not hire How do I become a CEO or president of an NFL franchise? Dude, I What's the we, career we path? That sounds fun. Yeah, CEO. I'll do a I, combo. Kevin Warren career path. We uh, actually, you know what? We would work as a combo, Solak, because we can yell at each other and tell each other, yeah. that's stupid. We're not doing that without worrying about the uh, you know the other person. That, that's what you need in these, in these relationships. Yes. Yeah. All right, so you have to go to Penn, which shout out Penn, and then you have to 
transfer to GCU, get your bachelor's, Arizona State University, get your master's, Notre Dame, get your JD. What's that? Juris, juris, is that doctor? That's doctorate, right? I have no right? idea. Be, I don't have you an doctor advanced something. degree. And then you head to the bar, you practice law in Kansas and Michigan for a while, oh, and then you join the Rams as a vice president of player programs at Football Legal Council, vice president of football administration, senior vice president of business oh my God. operations and general counsel, what? executive vice president of legal affairs and chief administrative officer, chief operating officer, and then you do the Big Ten thing for three years, and then you become the president and the CEO of the Bears. I mean, how That's does that bad. make you more qualified than hosting an award-winning NFL yeah. podcast? We haven't won any awards, I would, yeah. but... Oh, I would no more. We're not hosts anymore. We're executive vice hosts of podcast affairs and chief podcasting officers. That's what we are. Right, it's sorry. the title. You got to bump it up. You got to make it sound like it. Like a All right. I interrupted anyway, you. What were you saying about Kevin, Kevin Warren, Warren yeah. or inherited Matt Eberflus? <laughs> and whenever a guy inherits a guy and it's a 50-50 thing, I tend to lean on the side of he's going to house the old coach and bring in a new guy that's his. So I, I think that Eberflus has done enough before this game to warrant keeping his job. I do think that winning this game and knocking the Packers out of the playoffs will matter. It, the Lions did it last year, and it mattered to that team a ton. Ask the division champion Lions right now how much that game mattered. Week 18, nothing on the line, but we ain't letting the Packers go. Like that, that, that's, that's a meaningful uh, moment for them. I think it's meaningful for the Bears. The Warren thing is, is what makes it a little bit corkscrewy for me. Okay. Uh, I like that one. Now, did, are you picking, you're not picking, are you picking Bills Dolphins later in the show or no? No. What side are you leaning then? Let's get, let's get that out of the way. It's Bills minus three. Yeah. It, injuries for the Dolphins make this really Minus tough. two and a half uh, now. Wow. Yeah, I better say it's moved, to minus two, it's moved to two and a half. It was one and a half, I want to say, when, when, when the week started. Don't quote me on that. Lines move a lot in week 18. Uh, I lean Dolphins. I think that the Dolphins are a better team overall than the Bills. The lack of Waddle and the lack of Raheem Mostert, which is how this is looking right now, I think is, 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 is damaging. This is a really... Big game for, for Mike McDaniel. You didn't get a lot of praise, Mike. Feather in your cap right now. Win the division while you're shorthanded, right? And, and, and really shorthanded when you consider the offensive line injuries. So I lean Dolphins plus two and a half. I'm also at a position where like I have a lot of preseason. You know, I, I expected the Dolphins to win the division. And so I'm looking at this game now and being like, am I just kind of reaffirming my, my priors and saying, all right, well, I like the Dolphins preseason. I want them to win the division. And so I'm leaning on them that way. And that's why I won't be picking this game at all. I won't be touching it. Uh, so I lean Dolphins, but it's a tricky one. Yeah, I, I do not want to. Uh, I'm not picking this game either. I, I've got Bills uh, minus two and a half now. When I turned in my column, it was minus three. I like that minus two and a half a little bit better. I, I, sure? I still believe in the Dolphins team, but they've just hurt my feelings too many times against these playoff yeah. teams. Like I need, I just need to see it a little more before I believe it. And the injuries and everything uh, and the way the Bills played them the first time, I've got Bills there. What about Colts, Texans? Are you picking that as one of your locks? I will be picking that okay. later in the show. All right. So there you go. I think we know which way you're leaning. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my Monday morning, and you've got the Bears. Uh, you, I, I may be yeah. touching the Bears-Packers game for my locks. I haven't decided yet, so I'm not going to tell you what I'm picking there. Yes. But yeah. All right. My Monday morning storyline. I really just wanted to bring this uh, to light. So the storyline is Broncos Raiders determines final playoff spot in the AFC. Are you aware of this? Scenario? Yes. Yes, and neither one of them care. It's so funny. Tell, tell me, tell me, tell All me. All right, so shout out to uh, Danis, who I've been re he's got great playoff scenarios. Uh, I've been retweeting those. Uh, so he pointed this out. So here's the scenario. If the Steelers lose Saturday to the Ravens and the Jaguars lose in the early window Sunday to the Titans, 
Broncos Raiders by way of tiebreak determines which of those two teams, the Steelers or the Jaguars, gets a playoff spot. Broncos and Raiders, they're not competing for a playoff spot. They're out. But the winner of that game determines whether it'll be the Steelers or the Jaguars. So if the, the, the Broncos win, the Steelers get in. If the Raiders win, the Jaguars get in. Like, this is so fun. This is in the late afternoon window on Sunday. We have a game that right now looks meaningless where you could have Steelers watching this on their TVs, Jaguars watching this on their TVs saying, pulling for either one of those teams, the Broncos or the Raiders. Again, Steelers would be pulling for the Broncos. Jaguars would be pulling for the Raiders to determine which of them is getting a chance to play in the postseason. So uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I was like, we have to talk about this because it's the most fun scenario in week 18. And so that would be my Monday morning storyline. So there you go. All right. Dolak, it is contest time. I actually haven't looked at this. I think you mopped the floor with me uh, last week, but why don't you go ahead and tell me where we stand going in uh, to week 18. Yes, I did retake the lead last week. Uh, five points to your two uh, in week 17. It was uh, uh, a pretty classic bet and shield week in terms of uh, behavior. Actually, that's not true. You didn't win your long shot this week. So besides that, uh, <laughs> over 21 and a half rushing yards for Tyrod Taylor. Got out on the final drive. Big scramble to Great set up scramble, the, Mason, the Mason Crosby game winner, which wasn't actually that. <laughs> Huge win there. Um, and then you had the Packers on the road. Plus one half against the Vikings. Nice, easy sleep for you on that one <laughs> in bed by halftime. Um, but uh, Rams on the road against the Giants. That was an ugly, ugly, uh, ugly one there for the Rams. And then you had the Dolphins on the road against the Ravens, which I forgot that you did that. And that was that was tough. That was a, that was a tough one. Um, your long shot, by the way, was 60 plus rushing yards for Jameer Gibbs. And then Eagles to cover against the Cardinals. And here's yeah. uh, Eagles cover minus one and a half against That's the Cardinals right. is what it was. Alternate line didn't land uh, for me. My long shot hit. The Bears covered minus five and a half against the Falcons and the 49ers won. Uh, Texans minus four and a half against the Titans hit. Broncos minus three and a half against the Chargers hit. I was on the Rams with you. We Our, our paired, our shared ones have not been doing well recently. Uh, and then I had CJ Stroud to get over 264 and a half passing yards. And on the pod, I said he's going to get to 230 early in the fourth quarter. They're going to stop throwing. He got to 213 early in the fourth quarter. Big game. He stopped throwing. I knew it was coming. Nothing to do about it. I'm going to sit there and take it. Five points on the week for me, two points on the week for you. I now have 53. You have 51. Uh, against the spread shield, I'm hitting on 57%. You are hitting on 35%. Collectively, we are at 46%. Uh, Props-wise, though, you continue to mop before with me what's supposed to be my game. I'm at 35%. You are at 53%. Do you know I went 10-6 and six with my picks against the spread on the ringer last week, and two of the six losses I picked for this contest? You went one and two. It's all- I got... I got back to above 500, picking every game. I've made a comeback. I'm two games over 500 going into week 18. And yet, when I have to pick three that I like, I am incapable of doing it. It's driving me nuts. But you know what? I like a week 18. (laughs) So I'm feeling all right about a week 18. You like week 18? I I, I hate handicapping week 18. I'll tell you my general thought on week 18 is I fade the teams with the most to play for, and I pick the teams who have nothing to play for. I yep. think it's a good move. I think it's worked in past uh, seasons. Let's see if it works this time around. Of course, this isn't the end of the contest. We're, we're doing it into the playoffs. We'll, we'll settle on that, the final rules, next week as we go into the wild card round. But we still got a lot of time uh, left. We got multiple weeks with seven points at stake. 
Right now, Solex at 53. I'm at 51. All right, start us off. Prop of the week. What do you got? Uh, I like James Cook to have over 20 and a half receiving yards mm-hmm. in this game uh, against the Dolphins. Uh, you're smiling at me. You, well, we have the same the game. James I Cook thought we business? might have the same prop. Uh, we got the same game, well, not the same prop. We, there's props listed for about four total games right yeah, now because of true. all the unavailabilities and the injuries. Uh, Dolphins, third worst success rate in the league against running back targets since Jalen Ramsey came back to the lineup. That's also a period of time which Jerome Baker, their linebacker, has been unavailable. Uh, so you got Duke Riley out there. Uh, you got David Long out there. They've been struggling against the backs. Just gave up five uh, and 64 in the air to Justice Hill. A few weeks ago, 689 to Tajay Spears. When they face a receiving back, they tend to lose to that player. James Cook was a huge part of the passing game uh, for the Bills. Massive performances in big games uh, over the first few weeks of the Joe Brady experience. Only one target in the last two weeks. And this has been a, a, a these two weeks have been the Chargers game and the Patriots game, both of which you would describe as disappointing offensive performances for the Bills. I think there's a little bit of an inward look for the Bills. What do we want to do in week 18? Who are we going to ride? Who's brought us to this point? And James Cook through the air has been such a critical part uh, of their offensive surge, right? Again, like I don't really think the Brady offense has been that much better, but that was a nice jolt in the arm. Um, when you look at this Dolphins team, they play with those deep zones. They want a blanket deep intermediate. The back is available for targets. So James Cook over 20 and a half receiving yards. Running back receiving targets been great for me during the year. Not been good for me on the pod. Week 18. We're going we're gonna to get at least one of these. I promise you. Yeah, it's a good point on Cook. They were running like legit stuff with Cook. It wasn't just, you know, like check downs yep. and screens. Like they were using him down the field and it, it would look like and a real And that's why I like... Yeah, and that's why I like the receiving yards a little bit more than the receptions. Very typically, when I go backs, I go receptions because I'm predicting targets. But in the case of Cook, they give him an actual depth of target, right? They will throw him the ball down the field. Uh, in, the, in the first three weeks of the Joe Brady experience, he had receptions of 29, 27, and 24 yards. Uh, it, one in each game, those were his longest. One of those gets me over the number, right? Uh, they, they use him as an explosive guy, yeah. Uh, against the Eagles, seven targets. Against the Chiefs, five targets. Against the Cowboys, three targets. And then... Against the, the, the Chargers two weeks ago, nothing. And against the Patriots, only three targets. He's he's fallen out of the passing game and really for no reason. I think they get him reactivated this week. Yeah, 20 and a half. He, he needs just one, like you said, if it's a downfield uh, completion. All right, I've got the same game. I've got the same team. I've got the same side of the ball. I'm going Josh Allen over 36 and a half rushing yards. Big game, Josh rushing. It never fails. I mean, listen, he's going to put on the cape at some point for better or worse. I just need a couple big runs, whether designed, whether option, whether scrambles. He's had eight or more rushes in four of the last five games. So you feel like, all right, he's probably going to get opportunities. There's going to be a lot on the line. He's going to go superhero mode at some point where we're going, oh my gosh, Josh Allen's the best player in the NFL. Or we're going, oh my gosh, what was Josh Allen thinking with that play? That's why I love watching Josh Allen play football. You never know which one it's going to be. But this is not a conservative, you know, hey, take what the defense gives you. Check it down game for Josh Allen. Come on. that, that We we know that that's not coming. Uh, Dolphins, as we mentioned, are down two edge defenders. Maybe lose contain or something. He gets outside on a big run. Uh, and we know he can break tackles. He doesn't need to just go down and slide. So 36 and a half seemed like a reasonable number. That's what I went with there. I was looking at your boy, Justin Fields, a little bit, I I, I will say. Uh, do you have him mm-hmm. coming up later or no with anything? I do not. Okay. No. Yeah, I was like, because I'm looking at that. I mean, that Packers defense, like Bryce Young looked awesome against them. Mm-hmm. Tommy Cutlets looked awesome against them. Fields has a 51 and a half uh, rushing yards. Now, it, that's like a, that's a, sizable number that's not yeah, like that i mean that but yeah. i say I, I, I would go over if i had to pick and then it's 
passing yards where my goodness the Packers sometimes make it so easy to complete passes. So I was yeah. I was looking at those. The problem but I didn't is yeah. The problem is that the Khalil Herbert handoff is going to look real great. It's going to do well for the for the Bears, and you just worry about the the dropback volume you get. The Bears have shown if, if a handoff game works, they'll just keep on hitting it. Right. And against the Packers, it'll play. It'll play for sure. There you go. All right. Next up is long shot of the week. Uh, so prop of the week is worth one point. Locks of the week, which are just against the spread, we pick three of those. They're worth one point. And then the long shot again. It's the Kapadia Solak long shot. We know it's not a big long shot in the gambling community. It's the long shot for us. It's got to be plus one fifty or more. That's worth three points. What do you got? Titans money line plus one sixty. <coughs> All right. Firstly, old school. I want, Col- I want Colts Texans to be for the division. That would be fun for me. I am emotionally rooting for that. I acknowledge it. Secondly. Trevor Lawrence, all right, uh, quarterback for the Jaguars, didn't play last week, shoulder injury in his throwing shoulder, did not throw earlier in the week, threw on Thursday practice, Jaguars beats, got some video. I would not describe this as encouraging throwing, <laughs> Shields. Not, it wasn't, wasn't throwing, it was more like, eh, I don't like the way it looked. Um, from what I understand, they're very much preparing for C.J. Beathard to start, and they're hoping, crossing fingers, that Trevor Lawrence is able to start. It's kind of like prepare for the worst scenario, hope for the best. Even if we get Lawrence, because remember, this is an important game for the Jaguars. Like they they want to win this for sure. Even if we get Lawrence, I think we're going to get a limited Lawrence. And I think we've seen a limited Lawrence for a lot of the last month, month, half of the season. He has accrued a lot of injury, knee injury, an ankle injury, concussion, and now the shoulder. He is just, uh, he's dramatically below 100%. Most NFL players, this point of the season, are at 85, 90%. I think he's somewhere in the 60s, 70s, man. He's banged up. And then you have this Titans team in just like classic Brable spoiler position. Right, they're just a a small favorite to a divisional team at home. This just a Vrabely spot, and will Levis Ryan Tannehill? It's unclear if Levis is going to be able to play. There's a chance it's Ryan Tannehill, and what's very evidently, very obviously, Ryan Tannehill's last game as a Titan. Like he was asked about it this week. Like if this is my last game as a Titan, which it probably is, I want to go out this way. You know, I want I want to I want to be competing and attacking and, and contending. This this reeks of Titans causing problems. I, I, they've caused too many problems for me not to know what it reeks of, and it reeks of this. Uh, so text, Titans money line plus 160. I, I think we're going to get CJ Beathard in this game. And I think I'm going to get good bang for my buck just on, on line value. Even if we get Lawrence, I still think the Titans are a very live dog because of the problems that they love to cause. So for me, Titans plus 160, sweet and simple here in week 18. Titans are three and a half point favorites. Uh, I picked the Titans plus three and a half in my column. Titans are three and a half point underdogs. Underdogs, sorry. I picked the Titans plus three and a half. Uh, in my column, listen, I cannot figure this Jaguars. I, I don't think I've gotten a Jaguars game right all season long. I they they come out last week, win twenty six nothing. It's not even a game. Part of me is like, wait, is it like will Doug will they coach better if it's C J Beathard? Like that's Doug kind of been Doug Peterson's calling card over the course of his career. You don't know if it's going to be lo- like the defense. I don't know, but I'm with you. Um, I will say this: I didn't realize this until earlier today. The Titans are five and eighteen. In their last 23 games, they, you know, go back to last year, they lost what the last seven in a row. And then this season, so that is like a long stretch of pretty bad football, but I still, I'll, I'll always ride with Frable as a home dog, yeah. I guess a divisional opponent and uh, think that it's going to work out for me in the end. Wow. So this is, I remember first week we did this, I had Rams money line against the Seahawks for this. And I won that. And then you got me on all the weird stuff, which I'm about to do something weird. <laughs> and now you end the regular season and you just go straight money line for a three and a half point dog. We're, we're switching roles here. Unbelievable. It's, it's, 
if it weren't to make the AFC South in in <laughs> in contention, I probably wouldn't take it. But I want it. I want the mess. I believe in the mess. I want the Titans to win. The Jaguar scenario is a win gives them the AFC South. If they lose, they can still get in with a Steelers loss, a Broncos loss, as I mentioned earlier, and Texans Colts doesn't end in a tie. So they can kind of backdoor yes. their way in. Even if they Which, lose, this shame on game. us. Took us like what forty minutes to get into the pod. Not mention tie scenarios. Oh, give me a week I eighteen know. tie. Give it to me. Mess up everybody's <laughs> spreadsheets. I love it. All right, my long shot of the week. You didn't hit on C.J. Stroud last week, but I'm liking C.J. Stroud to put up some passing yards in this game. So I'm doing a little little split. That's so lack, you know, brought to my attention earlier in the season. I'm going C.J. Stroud, two hundred and seventy-five plus passing yards. That's plus 122. And then we're going to Landover, Maryland. And we're taking the Cowboys with an alternate spread of just minus two and a half. Just win by a yeah, field Last goal. time you did this. I didn't learn my lesson. I didn't learn my lesson. I did the same thing last week. It was a disaster. But that would that's minus 720. So that gets you to plus 152. So again, DJ Stroud, 275 plus passing yards. Cowboys got a cover by two and a half at the Washington mm-hmm. Commanders. I'm looking at that Colts defense. Aiden O'Connell threw for 302 against them last week. Jake Browning threw for 282 against them in week 14. Derek Carr threw for 309 against them. Stroud, in his second career NFL game, threw for 385 against them in week yes, two. Um, they're, you know, we know what they are. They're predictable. They're not hard to prepare for. You know where the weaknesses are going to be in coverage, and they're not that talented. I would actually argue that given all those things, Gus Bradley has done a fine, like, they're not an underperforming unit. I agree. Yeah, I think he's done a fine job. Yeah, they're uh, bad and also impressive. Don't ask me to parse Yeah, they're them, mediocre. That's how I feel. They're, they're mediocre. I, I would agree with Now, they have played a lot of bad quarterbacks, but uh, still. So, there you go. And the Cowboys are 13 and a half point favorites. Just need them to win by a field goal, right? That's going to happen, right? It's not going to be like last yeah. week with the Eagles. So, there you go. <laughs> that gets me to plus 152. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, uh, yeah, uh, I'll be on that Texans line straight up. And a big part of it is how that, that offense matches up against that defense. Uh, I think it's going to be fireworks from the Texans offense. All right. Let's take one more break. We'll come back. We'll do our uh, nonsense predictions and then we'll get to our locks of the week. I'm looking at my dock in front of me. I got one, two, three, four, five games. Please shield for the love of God. Pick three good games from this. Don't pick the three wrong games. All right. We'll get to that when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash ringer NFL. Just go to indeed.com slash ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back on Extra Point Taken. What do you got for our nonsense prediction? Are you predicting a tie? Are you predicting a coach just throws somebody retires at halftime? A coach exits <laughs> the field? What do you got for us? Uh... The first four offensive plays from the Los Angeles Rams are, are Puka Nakua targets. Oh. <laughs> For those who aren't following this, what are you thinking? What do you think I was going to say? No, I don't know. What is it? Is he trying to, he's huh? trying to break a record? So there are two rookie records at stake for Puka Nakua. With four receptions, he will break the rookie record. He's at 101. The record stands at 104. Uh, the rookie receiving record, he needs 29 yards to break. All right. Bill Groman, good old Will, you know Willie Groman, he has held this record since 1960, which mm. means that when Bill Groman set the rookie receiving record, we didn't know what the moon felt like yet, okay? It's been a long time that this record's been standing. The, uh, Sean McVay came out, and Sean McVay loves to rest starters, does it for the whole preseason, right? He was like, yep, Stafford's gonna rest, Cup's gonna rest, Kyron Williams is gonna rest, we're gonna rest a bunch of starters. And they were like, are you resting Puka? And he was like, I will see. <laughs> and they, they are very aware of what is at stake for Puka Nakua in terms of the record books. And I think they'd like to get in, get the record, and get out. I think they'd, they'd like to get a first drive Puka Nakua, four catches, 30 yards. Go stand on the bench, brother. Congratulations. You're the new record holder. And so uh, uh, the player incentives and player records is always a very fun thing to track in week 18, right? Sam Laporta needs 217 yards to set the rookie tight end record. You know, it's like all, all sorts of stuff like this. But the Puka one is very clearly at the front of the Rams' mind, given who they're sitting and who they're not sitting. Uh, and I think that you're going to see Carson Wentz throw a couple bubble screens right away to Puka. We, we know the objective going into this game. We like to get Puka the record. God, that's playing with fire. I mean, if something happens... That, Imagine. Oh. Well, I was going to ask you. That's why when you said bubble screens, because I was wondering what's like the safest... Do you just like try to run a go route or something and just like, all right, you know, let's, but that would get the yardage, but not the receptions. It's tricky. Right. You need four for 29 if you're going from both. And so to me, I'm starting with a little, with a little jet touch. All right. A little shotgun, put him in jet motion, just tap the ball forward. Remember getting one of those. I'm going bubble. I'm going. Yeah, buddy. If if that bubble gets red, I mean, you could take a shot on the bubble. If if the the DB is, is, is lunging on that bad boy. I'm bringing. Three extra linemen in to line up his receivers. <laughs> yeah, that's what you I should am, do. Yeah. Extra offensive linemen I, out wide. Yes. yes. But seriously, though, I will be watching this with bated breath because it'll be cool for the record to be set. 1960, man. It's been 63 years, 64 now. Uh, so that's that's something. But I will be holding your breath every single time, Puka. I mean, he, I, he's not going to get tackled, man. He's going out of bounds every single time. Throw it to him at the boundary, slide, just get the record and get out. As Team CTC, I would say, if it's an incentive and you're getting a little cash out of it, go ahead and do it. A little record, it's nice, but it's okay. You can yeah. be second second most receptions and receiving DeAndre, yards. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has three quarters of a million dollars on the line for this uh, this this Titans game. Yeah, 250K for seven receptions, 250K for 39 receiving yards, 250K for two receiving touchdowns. All of those are, are, are discrete incentives for him. Interesting. All right. Big D hop game coming up. Man, feed the beast. Yeah, I wish I would have known that. I think they're going to get him those. All right. Mine is this. Some team is going to pay Sam Darnold to compete for a starting job next offseason oh, based no. 
partially. They're going to mention this game. They're going to say week 18 against the Rams. We turned on the film and oh man, what he did that made us really excited about what he can still become. So for those of you who don't know, Rams 49ers, both sitting their starters. Rams have a wild card spot locked up. 49ers have the top seed locked up. The weekend, this is legitimately exciting. Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz. This, I was thinking so. They should have flexed this to 9.30 a.m. I know those are uh, West Coast teams, so it would be 6.30 for them. Whatever. This is a game that we should all be waking up Sunday morning and, and wetting our beak a little bit early and just watching Darnold and Wentz. All you, all your online buddies, everybody making jokes, making fun. I mean, that, that, I, I might even go, I might even tweet. For a game like that. Like, that would be legitimately fun. going to send a meme. He's going to be so excited. No, I don't know how to do that. But Darnold versus Wentz, it's like, you know, you look at the Week 18 slate and we were joking about, what do we have to do for work? Well, you you know, you're going to watch the teams that are in the playoffs. But like, at some point, I will watch this game. I don't know if it'll be on a third TV or what, but I I do want to see how both of these players look. Wentz has just been out of the league all season (laughs) until he signed with the Rams. Very weird. Darnold comes in for a little bit in that Ravens game and is throwing darts. All the Darnold truthers are all out there. So it looks pretty good. Uh, So I don't know what team it'll be. The 49ers signed Darnold to one year, four and a half million dollar deal this last offseason to back up Purdy. He's 26 years old. You and I are not Darnold truthers, but teams are wooed very easily. I mean, I remember Sam Bradford in his like seventh year, they were still talking about what he did at his pro day. And I'm like, guys, you have a little more evidence about the kind of player Sam Bradford is mm-hmm. since that point. But you know how these teams operate. So I don't know, a Denver, maybe? Maybe you're, you know? Ooh. I could, oh, yeah. Couldn't you see oh, that? Yeah. That's the one when I was there. I'm oh, just yeah. like, man, I could see that. Just Denver, hey, bring him in one year, you know, $6 million uh, and give him a shot to compete there. Atlanta, Atlanta, I don't know. Atlanta has to do something. I don't know who it's going to be. It would be funnier if I made this Carson Wentz that someone did that, but I thought I was like, let's make it a little, little nah. realistic, and so I went yeah, with Donald. Yeah. So there you go. I, I was, I was thinking about that in terms of potential like playoff moment. I was like, what if, like you know, Purdy gets like Purdy gets banged up, you know, Stinger again. He's got to go down. He's got to out for a couple of drives. At the end of a game, and mm-hmm. Donald comes in just six for eight, seventy-seven, leads a field goal drive. Niners win the divisional round against the Cowboys. Everybody's like, man. Sam really stepped up there for those nice leadership maturity. He's growing. I was thinking about a playoff one, but yeah, week 18 against the Rams. I mean, do it, dude. Just it should be trick shots the whole game. Just put up video game numbers. You're, you're, you're even without like the top starters in, you're still throwing to some good receivers in a good system. Let the, let the thing sing, Sam. I'm excited to see it. All right. There you go. All right. Locks of the week. Lock them up. I'm starting this time. I got to change something up. All right. I'm starting this week because there is one game that I like quite a bit. It's a game you may make fun of me for. It's a Saturday game. Think of, remember what I said earlier. I like taking the teams with nothing to play for against the teams with something to play for. And I'm looking at M&T Bank Stadium. Is it still called that? I think it's still called that. In Baltimore. Yeah. Steelers. Four point favorites. Let me up to up the uh, refresh my fan duel to make uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so four. Steelers are four point favorites going to Baltimore. Now Lamar Jackson is not playing. Other key starters are not playing. But still, you have a roster. Like you can't sit everybody. I think people don't really like. It's not like the preseason. You don't have ninety guys on the roster. Somebody has to play. And the Steelers, the the Ravens have been playing backups like for a bunch of this season in key spots. And what's part of the story of their season is how prepared the backups have been. 
on this football team. Quarterback Tyler Huntley? It's not like you got somebody who's never played football before. Tyler Huntley was starting for this team in a playoff game last year. So you got Huntley there. Uh, you got some good depth. I think you might get some weather in Baltimore. I was looking earlier, maybe some precipitation, yeah. some cold. Is Mason Rudolph really going to go on the road in Baltimore? I know it's their backups. They still have good players. They've got good coaches. Is he going to go on the road and just like pick apart the Baltimore Ravens? I don't think so. I don't know if the Ravens are going to win this game. I think they could win this game, quite honestly. But it's a low over-under. The total here is 35 and a half. I don't think we're expecting a lot of points. I like the Baltimore Ravens plus four on Saturday. The Tyler Huntley, the Baltimore backups against Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. There you go. That's my first pick. I agree. I think that the first thing the point made about the preseasons. No, so I'm 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 not on it, but I do like I, I I do agree. The point you made about the preseason rosters is really important. Some of the things that people forget about, like oh, rest your starters. Can't rest all 22. You you could, but you can't, and you still got to dress them. And then guys need to get out for a play, and they got to go in. So you might as well just you know play them as you play them and, and rotate guys in. Protect your Justin Batabukis. Protect your Jadavian Clowney's right star players, injured players, but like. Brandon Stevens is going to be out there like as there's not much you can do about too much of that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that point's really important. And then Tyler Huntley, like Huntley's one of the better backups in the league and he has starting experience and it is meaningful for Tyler Huntley. You talk about, oh, Sam Donald's going to trick a guy into, you know, investing in him, whatever. It's meaningful for Tyler Huntley to put good film out there, right? It, you continue to do so. And now you've done it in two separate systems. Ooh, I like that can, angle. I forgot about yeah. that angle. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, you can, you can just say, hey, listen, like, uh, go give me that Jacoby Brissett deal, all right? I ain't making QB2 money. I'm making QB2 plus money now. Like, like that's a, a very real thing for, for Huntley. And so uh, I think that, yeah, I think that the Ravens going to be a lot stiffer competition than, than people are expecting. Steelers, I think, are, are, are good enough to get it done but yeah the mason rudolph floor drop is coming right i mean like that that trap door is opening at some point maybe it's this week baltimore's tough scheme is still a scheme it's a tough scheme to face yeah that's that's a, they, they're practicing those schemes so like yeah this is what they're gonna throw out there they're not just gonna roll out there uh, and play vanilla so there you go ravens plus four all right what's your first pick what do you got i'll stay on saturday texas minus one and a half mm. uh, i i I like the way the Texans match up against the Colts. Uh, you brought up the, this a little bit earlier, but I talked about the stakes of this game and the emotions of this game. X's and O's of this game. If you can get a 49ers offensive coaching tree against a Seattle defensive coaching tree, you take it. And Good that's point. Bobby Slowick again, against, against Gus Bradley. Uh, this offense was like, uh, like, this is a generalization, but it was almost literally built to beat this defense, right? Like, they love to play these cover three guys because they know all the rules and they know all the tricks. They know all the soft spots. And, and Gus Bradley knows that by now and he'll do his best to account for it. But this, that, that first Colts game was the one really watching Stroud where I was like, oh, this, this is all that in a bag of chips. That was the game I did the play sheet on where I was just like, he's just ripping everything. Now, Texas are coming in hurt. Uh, uh, confirmed already by D'Amico Ryans as we record on Thursday evening. John Grenard is a leading sack getter uh, out for this game. Noel Brown has been a good wide receiver for them out for this game. Obviously, already no Nico, uh, or no Tank Dell, excuse me, at wide receiver. Robert Woods has been banged up. There's a chance that wide receiver room is Nico Collins, Xavier Hutchinson, and John Mechie. And that's that's pretty much it that they got right now at wide receiver. I still like it. I especially like Nico Collins, who I think has been such a great young player for them. I like their ability to get Singletary involved and Dalton Schultz involved. They, ha- they, can, they can distribute the ball. They've been running it better than, than, than you'd expect recently. And even without Grenard, I think they have the ability to get a good pass rush on Min- on Minshew and move Minshew off of his spot. I think they won't lose to the running game. 
I don't think they're going to be great against the running game. I think they'll be good enough against the running game where they're able to put the Colts into a negative pass script. And then it's, can Derek Stingley win against Michael Pittman? I'm confident that he can. Can this pass rush and this coverage get a takeaway from Minshew? I'm confident that they can. Uh, like I said, I think you'll see big offense from the Texans and enough from the defense to sustain, especially if they get into a, a, a positive game script early. I think if the Texans could jump out to a lead, I think the Colts are not built to get back against a team like this. So Texans minus one and a half. It was plus one and a half earlier in the week. So it has flipped the line, which is a big deal. A lot of money, a lot of big money on the Texans. I do think that they win it and they win it handily. Minus one and a half is my first lock of the week. There you go. Uh, I like that side as well. I'm on that side. Uh, in the column, I mean, the Colts have just, like, would it surprise me if the Colts kind of ugly this up and somehow find a way? That's kind of been what they've done all season mm-hmm. long. I think they'll, I mean, last week they just come up with two 50 yard plays out of nowhere. So they've done a good job scheming things up and kind of figuring it out as they go. But I'm with you. I think unless the Texans turn the football over, unless they have issues in protection or whatever, uh, I think they're going to do a good job moving the football and cover that number. All right. I'm looking at the rest of mine here. I'm trying to decide what do I go with? I got four other games to choose from. I'm going to go to the town close to you, Ben Solak, and I'm going to go to Detroit and take the Lions minus three. It's moved down. It was minus three and a half earlier. It's down to minus three against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, So Lions playoff scenarios. Let me bring them up here. They're most likely going to be the three seed. However, uh, there's a chance that if they win this game and then the Eagles and the Cowboys lose in the late window, they get the two seed. So I feel like they're playing earlier. So you can't just like sit your scoreboard. It's a huge deal. I mean, if you get the two seed now, all of a sudden you get two home playoff games uh, and you don't have to go on the road potentially until the NFC championship. So I think you just have to play your guys in this game. I think they would have probably done that anyway, coming off of that loss to the Cowboys. I like how they handled that. You know, they got their stuff out of the way after the game. And then Campbell was like, next day was like, all right, we got to move on. Uh, We didn't make enough plays here. I thought they showed a lot in that Cowboys game. I mean, Jared Goff to throw the interception and then come back on the next drive and just pick that Cowboys defense apart. Like, I thought that was a pretty big deal. He was great on that drive. They went down the field Mm -hmm. and they scored the touchdown. So I still like this Lions team quite a bit. I very much like this Lions team at home. And then you look at Minnesota, who is still technically alive for the playoff. They're now going back to Nick Mullen. So they can get in with a win, a Packers loss, a Seahawks loss, and then either a Saints or a Bucks loss. So they need a lot of help. The mm-hmm. crazy things happen in week 18 sometimes. But the big thing to me, Ben, with this uh, Vikings team is that I feel like their defense the past few weeks has lost some of its luster. I feel like Brian Flores was really trying to just scheme it up with a lack of talent on that side of the ball and has done a fantastic job all season long. But I think if you look at the last three weeks, teams have been like, all right, we know now know how to attack this. The Lions have played them already uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So it's not like this is going to be brand new preparation. And so while I am a little afraid because Nick Mullins did throw for 411 against this defense like two weeks Bad ago. To say, yeah. Yeah. That does not make me happy. But a three point line. I like the Lions at home to cover that number. Yeah. The uh, first, the Lions are going to play for for the outs, right? Dan Campbell team. They're going to play and, and win it and, and, and want to be there for the two seed. He's made that clear. I do think, right. When you when you go up against this Brian Flores defense, lost some of its speed. Uh, when a, a defense is very complex, you want to get very simple, right? You just want to run the ball. 
you know, we're going to control the trenches. You're going to move these guys all around. We're just going to move you off the line of scrimmage. And very few teams in the league do that as well as the Lions do when they just decide, hey, we're just going to delete you up front and it's going to be a long day for you. They're, they outsize this Viking team pretty substantially in the trenches. And they've shown they can just hand it off and, and, and dominate that way. I thought they'd do so against the Cowboys. They didn't. But in general, they've shown that they can do that. And so the, the matchup is nice for them. The Nick Mullins thing is funny. And it's uh, like, uh, uh, I, I, you, you got to worry. You have to worry about Nick <laughs> throwing them back into this game. There's no reason for him not to. Because at this point, it's just arbitrary. You're just going out there to, to, to do something. The amount of Kevin O'Connell quarterback change has been unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I would like this more if, uh, if, if I had some Jaron Hall, if I had some Josh Dobbs, but it's Nick. You never know what you're going to get from the, the grab bag of Nick Mullins. Could be anything. That's true. It might not end up well for me. I like that I get it at minus three instead of three and a half yep. there. All right. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back for this team and Aline McNeil back for this team defensively. Lions get a little bit healthier on that mm, unit. Though. Nice. There you go. All right. What do you got? All right. Pinch your nose, Shield. Don't breathe in. You ready? Oh, no. Patriots minus one and a half against the Jets. So on my list, I was thinking about taking yep. it for my next one. I'll have to decide now whether I switch it up or not. So uh, expecting some t- uh, some snow uh, up there in the Northeast, expecting some uh, uh, winds, gusts of about 20, 25 miles per hour, which once we get gusts in that range, I start actually caring about the, the weather affecting the game. Uh, the current total shield, Trevor Simeon versus Bailey Zappi in the bad weather, 30 and a half points, okay? Ooh. Would be the lowest NFL total, according to Action Network, since Bears-Steelers closed over under 30 on December 11th, 2005. Do you know who the quarterbacks in that game were? Uh, give me the matchup again, 2005. Bears-Steelers, 2005. I have, it obviously was not Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I don't know who, who was it. I have no idea. It was Ben Roethlisberger and Kyle Orton. <laughs> oh, okay. it was it was a Super Bowl attending Kyle. Or no, it was Rex Grossman for the Super Bowl. Excuse me. It was Kyle Orton who started substantial games and Ben Roethlisberger had a very long career. <laughs> I went to look at the box score. It's just a regular, the regular teams. I don't know why they, they, hmm. they scored 30 total points, though. They hit the total on the nose. Anyway, it's 30 and a half points. Extremely low scoring game expected. Uh, in bad weather, I like the Patriots' ability to control the game script, to get the turnovers, get the short fields, run the football a little bit more than I do with the Jets. I think that while the Patriots have been far from pretty, far from uh, aesthetically appealing, joy-bringing over the last month, they have been more competitive with Bailey Zappi than they were with Mac Jones. They have been staying close in games. They've been staying tight in games, generating turnovers, winning a little bit more on special teams. If they could just stop trying to kick field goals and just go for it on fourth down, they could actually win a couple of these games. Uh, and so I like them to cover against the Jets. I especially like it because I mean, Belichick wants to win every game because he's going for that 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 all time win record uh, total wins. And with a win, he ensures the Patriots don't get the two seed or the two the number two overall pick. Excuse me. And Belichick knows I think that he ain't around to make that number two overall pick if they get it. So he sure would like to win. And on his way out the door, make sure they ain't getting a top two pick at one of these quarterbacks. And so I do think that. Belichick, this game is meaningful to him against the Jets, especially. Uh, I like the minus one and a half in what will be a disgusting game to watch, but I will watch it with money on it like the sick little man I am. <laughs> uh, I agree. Yeah, I, I had that on my list. I'm not going to pick it because it's not good for content and I don't know what I'm doing anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm like only one and a half. Belichick potentially coaching his last. They've beaten the Jets 15 straight times. It's Trevor Simeon. It's a the, the Jets are a one-two-three Cancun team. I mean, they're going to be going straight yes. from whatever uh, Logan to whatever their vacation destinations are. If Solid doesn't make them clean out their lockers, 
uh, on Monday. So yeah, I that that one was surprised. I thought that might be, get up to you know three or so, uh, but I guess if it's going to be that low of an under, that much of a low scoring game. Uh, interesting implication here. You mentioned the draft pick. If the Patriots lose this game, we talked about this a little bit on Monday, and now it's getting a little yeah. more buzz. If the Patriots and Commanders both lose their games, it's going to come down to a host of other matchups here. I think I saw somewhere that there's 32 potential outcomes, and in 20 of them, the Commanders get the uh, second pick, and in 12 of them, the Patriots get the second pick. So the one that I saw shared, which was a couple days ago now, it was the Commanders get the pick in 20 of them, and in another five, the Patriots get it, and then in seven, it comes down to a coin flip which I don't know if that's accurate or not. Uh, this entire thing is very confusing. I think there was a follow-up that yeah. said there's not going to be a coin. Yeah. There's not going to be a coin flip oh. because, yeah, I forget what the reason was, but yeah, I believe that was right. Oh, well, yeah. Also, firstly, me and Shield watching film, looking at contracts, evaluating coaches, schedule machinations are beyond. That's somebody else's job. <laughs> and we tried so hard to get it right this week. It's impossibly detailed. <laughs> I look into it. I get overwhelmed. I can't do it. Well, all I know is this. If somehow it came down to a coin flip to who gets the draft Drake May and who doesn't, I would have lost my mind laughing. That would have been unbelievable content. I'm devastated we're not getting it. Yeah, I think it's because the commanders beat the Patriots that there is no coin flip, that those scenarios end up going to the Patriots. So that's a nice little twist there. But I like that pick, Patriots uh, minus one and a half. All right, my last one. I'm debating between two here. Now, are are you taking the Bears with your final pick or was that just they're on my list i can take okay. them if you'd like i'm, I'm debating between now is it is it three or is it three and a half as we record this because it was i like as it we record it's three as we record it's three all right so i'm gonna let you have you know what i feel like you've you've been on the bears very early you've done a great job you're taking their alternate lines you deserve the bears if you want them you don't have to take them but i want that option okay. open to you i don't want you to say shield took the bears i'm gonna take something else i'm gonna talk about holding your nose Let's let's go to this Chiefs Chargers game. Chargers are three and a half point favorites against the Chiefs. I don't blame Blaine Gabbert can't get them within three points against that crappy Chargers team. Get out of here. No one's watching this. I'm watching this game. I'm taking the Chiefs plus three and a half. Come on. Andy Reid's gonna have Blaine Gabbert prepared for that game. That Chargers team, they're not just gonna win one, uh, win one for GIF and blow out the Chiefs. They stink. They got no, they're they're gonna be going on vacation right after this game. So I know the Chiefs are playing their backups. Again, you're looking at that saying, oh, they're playing their backups. You got to take the other team. No, no, no. That's the trap. That's the Week 18 trap. Stay away from the Week 18 trap. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs plus three and a half as my final pick. And you wonder why I suck at this. It's for picks like that. The absolute disdain, the indignation with which you said, Blaine Gabbert can't get three and a half, as if it's like a very unreasonable thing to be doubting I'm complimenting him. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You, you're disdain. I know, that's why you were like, oh, yeah. you were, you, no, that's what I'm saying. You, you were offended for him. The, un- the disrespect to Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, it's Blaine Gabbert, Shield. Uh, God be with you on that pick. I, I didn't even give a second <laughs> thought to this game. Uh, no analysis, no, no awareness of who's yeah, playing. We don't need to it. spend any more Nothing. time on it. All right. All right. I'm, I'm not going to take the bears. Actually. I've been on oh! the bears a lot. Yeah. I, I, as it's one of those things where like, you'll know what you want to do when you get there. Okay. The other one that I have written down is Raiders minus two and a half at home against the Broncos, which mm, I'm going I like to take. that one too. It, it boils down to one very simple thing. This team loves Antonio. Yeah. They really, really do. Devontae Adams, uh, up at the press conference uh, this week, I've made it clear that I want Pierce. Pierce is my guy. Like, uh, uh, 
that that is the most influential player on this team. Not Max Crosby. Uh, I was going to say by far. I think he still is most influential because the the money and the, the train, whatever. But this is your offensive leader. This is your star offensive player saying, "I hated playing for the other guy. I love playing for this guy. I want this to be my guy." Uh, every win is going to help uh, emphasize that to ownership. I think that that they are not a one two three Cancun team. I think they are a one two three. Let's win for Antonio team. This might be our last game playing for him, interim head coach, so on and so forth. And then on the other side, you have not the exact opposite sensation, but you have a opposite sensation in Sean Payton where it's like, hey, uh, we just kind of really publicly told the media that the coaching staff was trying to give up on this team after like a four out of five game winning streak. Like they were winning games and the front office and the coaching staff were going to the quarterback being like, hey, can you waive your injury guarantees so we can bench you? Like that to me reeks of one, two, three Cancun. That to me reeks of like, okay, well, like let's just finish the season and get out of here because the they already moved on when we were around 500, right? They weren't even engaged with us then. And so to me, this is a, a nice Raider spot, which going to your earlier point, huge news for uh, for Jaguars fans in the event of a, 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 a right? It's If the Raiders win, it helps the Jags in the weird outcome. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, altogether, though, I think the, the, the impassioned win for Pierce is what I expect here. I like the Raiders to cover two and a half. I like the Raiders too. I picked the Raiders in my column. Uh, there and yes, the Jaguars in that scenario where both yeah. the Steelers and the Jaguars lose. The Jaguars, Jaguars get fans. In the I, I took win. the Titans. I took the Titans money line, but I took the Raiders against the spread. Which would imply Raiders win. So they so backdoor their way sides. into the playoffs. There you go. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. I, I think your read on that is absolutely correct. All right, Zola, give us the recap before we sign off. What do you got here? Seven points on the line. Zolak, <laughs> hyped <with> up. <laughs> So like with a two point lead going into week 18, uh, give us your pick. Yeah, uh, I think that the Texans are going to cover minus one and a half. I think the Raiders are going to cover minus two and a half. And I think the Patriots are going to cover minus one and a half. All field goals for Ben. When everybody win by three. We're doing great. Those are my locks of the week. Uh, I do have the Titans as my long shot of the week. Like I said, plus 160 winning that game outright against the Jaguars by whomever they are quarterbacked. And my prop of the week is James Cook running back for the Bills over 20 and a half receiving yards. All right, I've got Ravens plus four against Pittsburgh. Just give me that one. I don't need to get anything else right. I want to be right on that one. Ravens plus four against the Steelers. Lions minus three at home against the Vikings. And then the Chiefs and your boy. I'm taking Blaine Gabbard and Tyler Huntley. And you wonder why I can't get picks against the spread, right? I've got Chiefs plus three and a half against the Chargers. My prop of the week, I've got Josh Allen over 36.5 rushing yards and long shot of the week. DJ Stroud, give me 275 passing yards and Cowboys cover minus two and a half. So there you go. Those are the picks for week 18. This is exciting. It's exciting to put this one like you're closing the book. And then next time we come on, Solak, Monday, we're going to be talking head coach hirings and firings and GMs and playoff matchups and all sorts of fun stuff. And then next week, that's going to be a fun show. We'll have all these picks for Wild Card Weekend. All right. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thanks to Eduardo Ocampo for his wonderful video production. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Next up, Nora and Steven on Dual Threat, recapping all of the Week 18 action on Sunday night. Solak and I will be back on Monday to get to everything else that's happening around the NFL. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week on Extra Point Take.
must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 5342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IN-INDIANA, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KSGAMBLINGHELP.COM in Kansas, 1-877-770-